You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We're feeling gas. <laughs> What's up, guys? We're I hope y'all are feeling good out there. Thank you for joining us for another week of 3 a.m. We hope your week is going well. We hope your weekend's going great. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. And my name is Sean. We make jokes. We tell scary stories. We get a little silly. We get a little scary. What's good with you two? <sighs> Dude, all the things. All the things are good. Have either of you heard of the curse of Oak Island? Oak Wait. Island? Oak Island. Oak Island. Is there treasure? There might be treasure. I know this one. So, both of you might already know. Our listeners might I have a girlfriend now, and she put me on to this curse. Don't just brush over oh. dog. Congrats. My hey. dogs. <laughs> oh. Oh. So she was apparently watching an alien documentary, she, which the made her so much hotter to me. I was like, damn. Um, and she, somehow I'll show you an unidentified flying object. I'm going to get abducted tonight, girl. <laughs> Out of my bean, girl. Open up that portal, girl. About to drain hey. you of blood. Hey. <laughs> Crop circle in your ass. Oh my gosh, y'all are wild. <laughs> Basically, there's some sort of connection between aliens and Oak Island, but Sean's I, about uh, Area 51. Okay, I'm sorry. Been going down this rabbit hole about Oak Island for the last like three or four days now. I had no idea it was related at all to aliens, bro. There's so much that I didn't know it was related to. So like. Bro, I'm pulling up my notes right now, bro. There's so much There's so much to it. So basically, did you know there's also a legend? A legend around Oak Island that obviously we know about the treasure. and Not, not all of us, so if you want to explain that okay, part. Okay, so. And where is it located? I'm sorry. It's in like Canada, Nova Scotia. And this tiny little island off the coast of Nova Scotia, this person, this is like some teenage kid in 200 years ago found like this kind of dip in the earth that looked like it had been filled in almost. And so he's like, Oh, this is interesting. Started digging. Have you heard about this? No, bro. Bro. So he just started digging. He's like, this is interesting. He got like two of his friends to come and help dig with him. And bro, they're bored out there. <laughs> Dude is Nova Scotia. What else you going to do? Over here. <laughs> <laughs> they started finding stuff that wasn't supposed to be there. Like, for example, they would find coconut husks in Nova Scotia buried in this ground. Like, what the hell is this? They're like, what is this? They had to have someone come and identify it. They brought their Hawaiian friend. Yeah, <laughs> coconut. <laughs> but they were only able to get like 30 feet down. And then they left. They filled it in again just so, like, so that no one else would like come across their discovery. And I'll be like, oh, let's start digging here. 
nine years later, though, they were finally able to come back with like some sponsorship and they kept digging. And as they dug further, they would find more random things that just shouldn't be there. Like, for example, they would find more coconut husks, wood that wasn't like local there. Mm -hmm. Then they found like this platform of just logs that had been built into the ground. And they're like, oh, interesting. So they pulled that up and kept digging. And eventually they found a tablet that was in this hole and it was in some other language. And it wasn't able to be like translated for years after. But when they finally translated it, it said 40 feet below are 2 million pounds buried. So this tablet that they just found. And they kept trying to dig further and further. But eventually they noticed this. Well, they noticed it was pretty obvious, like booby traps. Like apparently whoever put this hole here had dug offshoot holes. And this island is probably like a football field size, but these offshoot like holes that would go over to the edge of the Island. And on high tide, it would fill the hole in with water. So like there's a shaft right here, DJ. And then there's like two other shafts. So if you dig down all of a sudden, it would just be like, and like kill you. Yeah. Like they made these crazy ass booby traps. Yeah. No. And they're like, obviously someone built this and someone didn't want anything to be found. And the legend surrounding it is that seven people will die in search of the treasure. So far, that six sounds have familiar. Died. That sounds familiar. Six have died? Six have died. So, dude, Who's if it we go be? right now, we'll be the seventh and we'll find it. I'm just thinking, like, who do we not like that we can, like, bring in under guise of, like, trying to... Wait, so friends? the seven have to die and then the eighth will get it? Yes. So the seventh person to die and then we'll be able to discover the treasure. You know, Kevin might be... <laughs> <laughs> might be a great kid. No, I'm just kidding. Kevin will be down to ride. Bro, can you uh, look up um, also in the building, folks? Kalima? Hey. Young Kalima. What up? Makes pull, this Pull work. that shit up, bro. Pull up Oak Island. Oak Island. Um, Treasure. Booby trap diagram. Oh, yeah. So like Oak the, Island shaft. <laughs> shafts of Oak Island. <laughs> the thing that started like getting wild, though, was what is rumored to be buried. So like- it said 20, Two, 200 pounds? 200 Two million pounds? pounds. Two million pounds? Yeah. Like British pounds? I don't know. Or pounds of something. And this is the rough translation, I assume, is 2 million pounds buried. But yeah, here's like, essentially the, There's ton, the, the hole as it is. Can't you just block off the shaft? I'm sure you could. Like if at one point, once they got far enough down to the oak chest, that was filled with water and they sent in like- like a water drone and they found like artifacts, like, like a shoe, like a old leather shoe. And they found these chests and hand, like they found these just wild things. And they've gotten to like this underground stream here as well. What the heck? But there's so many rumors as to what it could be. Like, for example, one of the prime or one of the first rumors was that it was captain kids treasure because he had formerly buried treasure near like long Island and so this rumor kind of started that he had said something like he'd buried his treasure where hell couldn't find it or something like that. And so people were like, Canada, Canada, bro. <laughs> um, but then they're like, okay, this is a little too like intricate for just this pirate to come up and just have built all of this. So a couple of other things are allegedly it could be Marie Antoinette's riches before they were like taken over and like killed. She 
like willed it all away. Also, the lost manuscript of Shakespeare has been rumored to be down there. But one of the wildest ones is the Knights Templar treasure. So there's evidence. Ark of the Covenant? Like Ark of the Covenant, like the Holy Grail, like the National Treasure treasure. Oh, shit. So like Nicholas Spear of Destiny. Bro. Damn. Nicholas needs to get on this. Allegedly, there's evidence that the Templar treasure on the island is because they are, their documents placing the Knights Templar in the New World before even Christopher Columbus. And that they had commissioned Scottish builders to come with them. Like they had just picked them up along the way after they'd been kind of like annexed from the Catholic Church. So they're all like, Come with us, laddie. You just come with us. But like people are like, well, what could this be? They probably just dug this hole to bury the treasure so no one could ever find it. So it's there's a whole rabbit hole here, bro. That's like how far I am right now. And to this day. To this day, no one no one has found the treasure yet. Hmm. It's crazy that the government it seems like places like this, the government would do something to stop people from going because it's so dangerous? Well, at this point, there's only one person who lives on the island legally, and it's illegal for people to go now because he, like, purchased the island. Hmm. Something like that. But even If you're purchasing islands, you don't need treasure. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> greedy. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Share. I mean, I imagine that the real estate there in Nova Scotia is probably not as expensive as, I don't know. I don't Nova Scotia is beautiful, man. It is. Oh, I would definitely love to, like, go there and just hike around for a while. Hmm. But even like uh, among the people who went looking for this treasure was former U.S. President Teddy Roosevelt. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Damn it. Wait, is that the same? No. He was like... Delano? Yeah. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah, bro. Our history, dog. Your history. (laughs) (laughs) Don't indoctrinate me and young Kalima. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Delano. Okay. Delano Roosevelt. That's my bad. That's my bad. He's the fool. Who? I thought I it was. Never heard of him. Who is that? Why is he significant? He was the. Are you being new, for real? No, I'm dead ass. Whoa. He was the New Deal president. Who like, was the one? World War II. Oh, so he was the president. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Franklin D. Franklin D. Yeah, uh, yeah. Didn't you just ask? Is he that said Franklin ter- D? He said Theodore. Yeah. Oh. Who's the one who was like yeah, the world traveler and who like set aside Theodore? Oh, oh okay. Like he was, he was the one who allegedly went and looked for Bigfoot. Yeah. And like went down to like the oh. Brazilian rainforest and stuff like that. He traveled that. like the world on adventure, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's also homies with uh, Ben Stiller. Dude, yeah. They like hang out at a museum every once in a while. Owen Wilson. <laughs> Nerd ass. <laughs> bro, that's crazy. You can't just leave us on a on a There has right to there. be one more person to die. That's all I'm saying. Dude, small price to play. To I play, think so. To pay. I think so. But like it's wild too because they found like Templar coins on the island. Not in the <sighs> hole, but like. Breadcrumbs, dude. Breadcrumbs. One oh, life shoot. for 200 pounds? Two, two million pounds. What million if it's pounds? like a troll though? It's like two million pounds of what? It's like maybe that was like their outhouse or something. It's like. It's like <laughs> shit. Uh, it's like friendship. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hard like the real work. treasure is that we got closer together. Dude, I would just start hitting the walls and cave that shit up. Yeah, like, no, I want death. Open that shaft. Yeah. <laughs> Let the water in. Release the river. I'd be pissed, bro. Side note, Google Maps literally lists it as the money pit. Yeah, that's oh, what it's called, the money pit. Money bag, money bag. Bro, if Google know, 
It must be real, dude. The Stone Triangle? Okay, yeah, zoom out. I want to see what it is. It's that at. tiny little island. Where we just were, go back in a little bit. If you just showed me that, I couldn't tell you where in the world that was. If <laughs> that's there were Indonesia. No names, bro, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's Tonga. No, that's <laughs> Japan right there. <laughs> dude, Japan with the Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. That's Japan before the bombs right there. One of my favorite... <laughs> One of my favorite hobbies is, uh, or like pastimes, when I'm hella bored on my phone, I just scroll through Google Maps and go to like super remote places. Like, just drop I'll go to like the most northern part of Alaska and you can <laughs> oh, see a city or a town or a landmark and you click on it and pictures come up. Like people have traveled here. It's like the most northernmost tip of the the United States. Just like, Crazy place like that's why? where they film 30 days a night, bro. Try to imagine mm, living there. That's a good one. I like that one. I haven't seen that for years. We should rewatch that. So good, dude. Yeah, but anyways, made me want to go treasure hunting. Well, you have a Sean one at work, a very nice metal detector. <laughs> yeah, we got to start using that. We uh, gotta, I bet you they haven't like, used that yet. Let's legit use it in the backyard. Yeah, because this, this is all like weird stuff. I don't want to find like air Indian barrel grounds in our backyard. Let's go someone else's backyard That's and find that shit. I'm down. That's not a thing. <laughs> All of the bones for the Indians are ground up and so people could become skinwalkers. True. Skinny oh, boys. You're right. You're right. That's crazy. That's a fun way to start the pod. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like the other day and you like kind of gave us a rundown of like a topic. That's yeah. kind of what I was going for. Cool, dude. I love it. Give but, me the yeah. loot. Yeah. Dude. And now let's go treasure hunting. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Shawnee boy. I Yo, got you. We're shooting for a short episode, so let's roll. Yeah, guys, it's going to be a short one, but a good one. And now we're rolling our 20-sided die to determine who gets to tell their stories last and first. And middle. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet, uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. Introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. Type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy. And you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. It was all fictitious. You stole from my son who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless 
the long con. That's clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. And the roll. Nine, seven, six. So the order is Charlie, DJ, Sean. <laughs> yee yee. Let's go. All right, boys. For my story, we are going back to the distant land of 1990s. <sighs> so get out your Tamagotchis. Hey. Um, your your what else? Did Pokemon you? cards. <laughs> yeah, Pogs. Cards. Pogs. Did you guys have Pogs? Dude, bro, I have, I have Pogs. Yeah. Hefty. Bro, collection bro of my Pogs. mom gave me a stack of Pogs for this last Christmas. Should we That's bring them back, dope, bro? That's fly. Dude, bro, you right know what else is ill from the nineties? Do you guys? Did you guys get into uh, yo-yos? Hell dude, I yeah! Did have a yo-yo. X brains, Dunkins, <laughs> Dunkins, dude. Yeah. My girlfriend had never seen like good yo-yo tricks. Somehow we landed like on a related YouTube video with a sit down like, the world. Uh, yeah, I'm, like sit your ass down. <laughs> I'm to show how to walk dogs. the dog. Dude. <laughs> Eddie Spaghetti and this shit. Yeah. Um, the cradle. <laughs> <laughs> around the world. <laughs> you want to travel? Yeah. <laughs> um, yo-yos. What else? Quintessential 90s items. You got any, Kalima? Dude, CD players, anti-skip on them. Oh, yeah. Do you remember those uh, spinny ring rings <laughs> oh with like uh you like you slap yeah, yeah. it and then you spin the ring and yeah. like the rings on the big ring <laughs> spinning wait is it, all, is it like ring? around like the magnet no thing? that's like the dentist office dude that thing was sick <laughs> that thing's also lit um is this just the hawaii thing i was gonna say i don't know if i've seen that before spinny ring on this the is ring. basically 90s fidget spinners bro well, yeah dude <laughs> While he's looking that up, I'm sorry, not 90s, but do the most 2000s thing I can think of uh, that I did was freshman year of high school. I took my dad's portable laptop to school, and during my free period, I watched 300. (laughs) (laughs) While eating uh, munchies. DJ just over there saying, what is your profession? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I remember I had two of my homies sitting right next to me watching it off the shitty speaker. <laughs> Dude, quintessential 2000s. That's crazy, fun to bro. Look back. What is this? Uh, I think I've Do seen Do you remember that. that? I've never seen this Yeah, before. you like, you spin them and it's like. It like rattles and keeps spinning. And if you spin the big ring, it keeps going forever as long as you keep moving it. That shit is like a pioneer game, dog. <laughs> and we were playing that in the 90s. <laughs> Dude, this I didn't music, know, bro. I didn't know there was an actual like. Wait, can you turn down the music? Or I can mute it later in post. Spin works. I didn't know there was actual uh, like competitions, but I'm not well, surprised. Where there's Asians, there's competitions <laughs> with you. Those turn it into a sport. <laughs> yeah. What is he competing to do? Like, just, just keep them spinning. Compete Badass against tricks. yourself, dude. <laughs> compete <laughs> against yourself, uh, boys. Growing up. Who had? Who was like the hangout spot? Who was the hangout spot? I guess I'll, I'll just Who's ask house? DJ. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude, it was, uh, it was my house, my classmates, <laughs> and their classmates. <laughs> uh, for me, the hangout spot. What age? What age range? I don't like twelve. Twelve. Uh, my house. Ooh, yeah, dude. I had a I had a game room. Oh. Uh, 
N64, PlayStation. Privilege. So you should check. (laughs) (laughs) Had uh, like the inflatable chairs. Ooh. Gamer boys. Little beanbag chairs. Halo 3, Mountain Dew. Pizza Hut. 1 (laughs) a.m. Dude. On Legendary. Doritos. Yeah, dude. The life. Dope. Our story is late 90s, early 2000s. They wanted to remain anonymous, so I'm just going to call them John and Josh. Two brothers. They're like 12, 14, and they live in Illinois. And their house has a basement that has been converted or changed into a rumpus room. Rumpus room. Rumpus? Rumpus room. What's that? What the? A rumpus room. Do you want to show? The Hogwarts house? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gryffindor. Oh, no, I have it in the pictures. This is like a... What the hell? Basically, the rumpus room is just like... That the, grandma's terrifying. <laughs> this is what I imagine, though. It's like a den, you know, where a TV is, all your board games, cards, stuff like that. Maybe like a yeah. uh, ping pong table down there. Yeah. It's called a rumpus room. I had never heard that term. Me neither. Until I had really wealthy white friends. <laughs> and they had a rumpus room. We shall go down to the rumpus. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go back. So... Their ideal night consisted of a movie rental from Blockbuster, a slice of pizza, some cold soda, and video games down in the rumpus room. Oof. So they said, you know, epic summer nights were like, during the school year, they had to sleep up in their rooms. But during the summer, they could go sleep down in the rumpus room. They'd invite the neighborhood kids, and it was just a blast. Like, their house was the spot. It was when John was becoming 7th to 8th grade. He said, he doesn't know why or how, but the overall feeling and mood in the rumpus room that summer changed. He said the first time they noticed it, he had gone to sleep. So John and Josh, both sleeping down there, and one of their friends, I'll just say Kyle, from the neighborhood. They're watching a movie late night. They all fall asleep. And John has a terrifying dream. He wakes up and he's paralyzed. And I should explain, this room is basically a square in the basement. There's a door. You know, there's a couch, TV, little coffee table, rug. They've moved the coffee table, table, sleeping bags on the ground. Behind them in the back, there's the doorway. If you open that doorway, there's like a, a small landing and then the stairs going up right so the back door he said where he's positioned he's lying on the bed or lying on the ground and he wakes up and his body's paralyzed and he gets a horrible feeling of despair and he gets the feeling that there's something at the bottom landing but he can't look it's behind him and so he's sitting there he's like moaning trying to move And finally breaks free, sits up and looks back. The door is ajar, and it's just pitch black on the landing. So he does everything he can. He doesn't want to wake up his brother. His brother would, like, punch him or something. And eventually falls back to sleep. Next morning, you know, they, like, get breakfast. They make their egos and stuff. And uh, he's like, hey, Josh was like, hey, were you okay last night? 
And he goes, no, or John is like, I had a terrible dream. And their friend Kyle's like, well, what was it? And he tells him his experience. And as he's talking, Josh, the older brother, I've probably skipped, mixed these names up, but whatever. (laughs) The older brother goes quiet. And he goes, I had a similar dream last night. He said around somewhere in the middle of the night, he woke up. He was unable to move. And he felt like there was something at the door as well. And when he was lying there, he's trying to get himself out. He said he looked up and on the ceiling of the basement, there was a man lying on the roof above him. Like on the ceiling? Above him. Super tall, thin man. Couldn't make out the face. It was all dark. Younger brother's like, shut up, dude. There's no, no, shut up. You're just trying to scare me. And his older brother's like, I swear. I swear. That's what I saw. Kyle's like, I don't want to hang out anymore. I don't want to go down there. And they said that was the first experience. Couple weeks go by. Nothing else happens. They're playing. They've forgotten about the incident. They feel good back down there. And uh, their dad was one of those dads who was like a mad stickler, like, Don't touch the AC. Don't leave the lights on. You know what I mean? Don't, you know. So after coming upstairs one night, their mom says, hey, you left the light on downstairs. And Josh says, no, I didn't. She said, yeah, you did. Pulls him to the kitchen and points down the stairs. In the landing, the door is cracked to the basement and the lights are on. And he thinks it must have been John. So he's pissed. He goes down there reaches in and flicks the lights off, goes upstairs. He doesn't look. He just reaches in and flicks it off. Yeah. Um, runs upstairs. And you all know that feeling. And he he said this is like something he hated doing every night when they had to come upstairs. Because like the way it was is on the landing, right inside the landing is the light switch. So you'd hit that and you'd basically be in the dark stairwell of the basement and you had to sprint for your life upstairs. <laughs> So it was like, oftentimes the younger brother had to do it because the older brother was like, hell no. (laughs) So they made sure to never leave that light on if they ever came upstairs. But then every other night, their mom would be like, you guys left the lights on again. No, we didn't. We double checked this time. Yes, you did. Come here. Look down the stairs. What do you see? The lights are on. Now go and now, turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. And then she would leave the room and turn the lights off in the kitchen. <laughs> Parenting. <laughs> you little shit. Run fast. But this became, they had no idea what was going on. To the point where both of them were saying, all right, when we leave, we turn them off together and we walk upstairs. So a week later, near the end of the summer, it happens again. The light is on in the basement. The older brother says, I'll stand here in the kitchen. You go turn it off. And the younger brother slowly walks down the stairs. And keep in mind, they had 100% made sure they had turned off the light. So the younger brother takes step by step, getting slowly down to the landing. He takes a deep breath and reaches in to turn off the light. And instead of a light switch, his hand brushes another hand. And he screams and runs up the stairs. Rightfully so. Nothing else happens. 
Nothing comes. They said they never experienced anything else again. And to this day, him and his brother have to like, it's become foggy now, but they both swear they experienced what they experienced down in that basement. I don't like that. No. Just, you know, grazing the hand of some demon down there. And that feeling of turning off the light and running away. I was like, when I was reading that, I was like, dude. I've been there. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. I remember telling my brothers to go and turn off. (laughs) Straight up. That story was way too relevant. Um, And I still get the feeling sometimes coming upstairs. Getting chased. Yeah, something behind me. (laughs) Coming out of Kevin's basement when we were recording there. Oh, oh, that sucked, dude. Yeah. I'd feel it all the time. Hell yeah. (laughs) But anyway, shout out John, Josh. Thank you for the story. Even though it was short, it it hit a deep. That was a spooky gang. tale. Yeah. That was fun. Cool. Well, guys, awesome. that's me tonight. Sorry if it's short. No, no. <laughs> we said this is going to be a short episode. Who's next? DJ? Me. DJ. All right. My story tonight comes from a dear friend of the podcast by the name of Mac. Ooh. Okay. So Mac hit me up a few weeks ago. and Mac, Mac? Mac, Mac. Hey, yo. Shout out, Mac. Shout out Central Valley. 559. He says, dude, I have a story for you. And I said, please, I want to hear it. (laughs) We didn't talk until last night. So we both have been waiting uh, him to tell it, me to hear it for a few weeks. Last night I hit him up. I'm laying in bed. (laughs) I've been so busy the past few weeks, everything leading up to episode 100. I already had stories planned out. Uh, and then my trip, and now I'm back, and it's catching up, and friends getting married this week, and families moving up to Utah. So many things happening. Um, and I was like, dude, this is like, I, fe- I swear the only like time I can call you. I'm laying in bed. Uh, lights are off. It's, it's near pitch black in my bedroom. And he was like, all right, this happened a month ago to him. So he says, my dad was in Costco and he's walking through, getting a few things, getting throwing it in samples. the cart, some samples, living the life, you know? <laughs> uh, when he hears behind him a voice, is that Rod? Turns around, does not recognize this man, but plays it off cool. Rod's no. actually his name? Uh, yeah, Rod's actually his name. Okay. Doesn't recognize him. He's like racking his brain in the few seconds that he has to like uh, close the distance to this man. And instead of saying, how do I know you? He just plays along with it. He <laughs> oh. says, hey, how you doing, man? <laughs> they start chatting it up in Costco. And uh, Mac's dad says, well, what's been going on? Uh, what, what's happened since I last saw you? And pretty open ended, nice. Yeah, pretty open ended. Because <laughs> he's like, who the <laughs> yeah, who the hell are you? And this dude who who will call Bruce, Bruce responds, "Well, do you have a minute?" And I guess Rod feeling a little bad, maybe because he doesn't remember who this guy is, and maybe uh, wants more information through what he's about to say for something to click, maybe you know. I says, yeah, sure, what's up? And Bruce begins to tell an insane story in the middle of Costco. 
So they're both standing there with their carts. And Bruce says, well, I was living alone. I was working full time. And I reconnected with an old friend. And the details that Mac gave, it sounded like it could have been an old friend from like high school or something. Mm-hmm. Not even really a friend. This person was, I think, hot and popular. And they were just like acquaintances. But they, they connected later in life. And... Uh, she had three kids, and she was single, and uh, they started hooking up, me and each other, and uh, she started uh, staying at his place more and having him watch the kids, and then she moved in. So Bruce starts watching the kids more and more, comes home from work, and his favorite routine was to crack open a can of Pepsi sit on his, I guess his recliner, just watch TV. Dude, that's life, baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, nothing's clicking with Rod? Meanwhile, nothing's clicking with Rod. Oh, my gosh. Still. <laughs> I mean, this story is totally separate from Whatever Bruce's relationship. relationship with Rod or, you know. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, so I, I, I come home and I open a can of pop and I, I watch my shows. I watch a movie and I just... Zone out on the TV. And over time, this girl that I'm seeing starts whiling out. You know, she has some some time to leave the house once I'm home and I can watch the kids. She goes out with friends. And it starts happening more often. And she's gone later into the night. Sometimes she drops the kids off at other friends' house so I can just be by myself, which I appreciated. But one night, I woke up on the couch, which I never do. I always finish my show, get ready for bed, and sleep in my bed. I never fall asleep on the couch. But I wake up, and it's, it's late. It's 2 in the morning. And I wake up to, to her stumbling in. She's clearly just walking in. She's all dressed up, looking nice. I'm I'm confused because I thought she had taken the kids elsewhere, but the kids were home. So I just got upset, basically, uh, or I got a little frustrated at the fact, you know, why did you leave the kids here with me? Plus, I, w- I wasn't up watching them. Everything ended up okay. But this started happening more often where he would fall asleep on the couch. And while asleep, uh, I guess there were a couple times where he had these terrifying dreams that seemed just so real. This happens where he's sleeping later and later, and he's like, something's happening. So he goes and he sees a doctor, a checkup to see, you know, what's causing him to be tired or knock out when, you know, he, nothing in his lifestyle necessarily changed. Diet, all of that. Uh, doctor doesn't find anything. So what do you do? He doesn't really change much. Uh, just continues. Comes home. Cracks open a Pepsi. Turns on the TV. Plops down on the couch. Starts watching his show. His eyes get heavy. and He's fighting against it. Finally, they close. Bruce wakes up. 
It's pitch black. He can't see anything. His eyes are open, but there's nothing out there. Then he realizes it is freezing cold. And he realizes it's freezing cold because he has no clothes on. He's thinking, why do I not have clothes on? Immediately after, he realizes that his body is not on the couch. He's on something cold. And it feels it's metal underneath him, like a metal table or bed. And he starts feeling around in this pitch black. And his hand moves at 90 degrees. And the metal goes up around him. And then he feels above metal he's in a box a steel case and he's cognitive fully cognitive awake now he says this is not a dream and he's naked and he's naked he said there's one thing on his body strange is it his toe he reaches down and it's a string around his toe His eyes start adjusting a little more, and there's a tiny bit of light, ambient light from a little crack, and it illuminates what he now sees are instructions on how to get out of this metal box. He's reading it and squinting his eyes, trying to follow it in the darkness, and he gets out of this metal box. It's a room. Looks like a lab. It's lined with other metal boxes. Bruce is in a morgue. He gets out butt-ass naked, and there's a door in the room. He's stumbling. He walks towards it. He opens it, and there's somebody dressed in scrubs, which he assumes is a worker. The worker's looking at him, so confused, and Bruce faints. The details in between when he faints and when he's at the doctor next for the second time, there are no details. Matt couldn't give me anything in between. But he's at the doctor for the second time talking about the incident that happened with him waking up in the morgue. What had happened is Bruce had been drugged by the girl that he was seeing. And whatever happened led him to being, uh, led him to overdosing. I guess at some point was pronounced dead. Maybe like a coma, but was never really dead and woke up inside the morgue. I assume the woman was arrested, but Bruce was standing there in Costco telling Mac's dad about this situation. And Mac is, Mac's dad is hearing this. And still nothing clicks <laughs> with how they met. Uh, he fin- uh, Bruce finishes his story. And Mac's father walks away. He's like, uh, anyway, um, want, a, want a hot dog? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway. A nice Polish. know you again? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you later. But that's the... That's the morgue story. Bruce's morgue. Dude. Oh, 
That's terrifying. Talk about the weirdest interaction. Like, how do you, if you're a Mac's dad, you're just like, exactly. hey, I got to take today off. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be in my room <laughs> contemplating life. Yeah. Yo, I didn't know that they had instructions on how to get out of like those boxes. I'd imagine maybe it's for a worker. Like, could be. In case you could, like, I don't know, climb well, in there. Well, you know, like in old time, there the whole term of saved by the bell was when they would like bury people. They had like a string coming up from the cost, like the coffin to like a bell at the top. Yeah. So like it wasn't necessarily instructions, but like a way for them to let people know they're alive. Because they like pulled up too many coffins and they opened up and there was like mad scratch marks. And they're like, hmm. Mm, that person <laughs> probably wasn't dead. Yeah. I had no idea. Saved by the bell. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't know their instructions in a morgue, bro. That's wow, wild. first batshit crazy last week and now saved by the bell. Hey, yo. You learn something <laughs> new every episode. Hey. You're welcome. <laughs> bro, that's freaking nuts. That's me tonight. That's Mac. Shout out. Thank Shout you so out. Shout out, Mac, you boy. Oh, them near-death experience. Well, technically death experiences. <laughs> he didn't see anything in like in between, did he? He didn't see anything in between? I don't know, like afterlife type stuff. Oh, I'm not sure. No details. That's all I could get. But <sighs> yeah, waking up naked in a metal box, dude, that would be, I'd be pissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. That wouldn't be fun. That's not fun at all. Also, I don't know how you recover from that conversation of someone <laughs> you don't even know. You be have like, a minute? Be like, <laughs> no. No minute. That's wild, man. That's crazy. Like us at the end of every story. Wow. <laughs> that's weird. That's scary. <laughs> anyway. This conversation is scary. <laughs> but, oh, man. gosh. Take us home, Shawnee boy. All right. I'm going to finish us off tonight. I also have a listener submitted story tonight. Heck yeah. And a uh, listener's name is Cal. He's from Utah. Yeah. And he's been listening for a minute. So he submitted this story, and it happened a few years ago. I think it's 2014-ish, so pretty recent here. And he said at the time he was living with his ex. And his ex had kind of this thing where she would have night terrors. This is the best description he could have for it. So she would have these night terrors and, like, wake him up frantically in the middle of the night, being like, Cal, wake up, wake up. And the interesting thing, though, is every time that he woke up and, like, asked her what's going on, she would either instantly go back to sleep or stare at him, not creepily, but just, like, stare at him in a way that you're, like, they're definitely, like, sleepwalking or, like, that kind of situation, right? And he said it happened a few times a week for about a month, and then it kind of stopped for a while. And he said the weird thing is, is four things, like... One, she never responded to me when he responded, like, what's going on? Two, she never had any sleeping issues before that. Three, she never remembered any instance of waking up. And four, she claimed that she didn't have any bad dreams the night she'd wake up on. So all of this kind of together, like, she's not aware of anything going on. So he kind of just shook it off. And after the month of this happening kind of suddenly stopped for a while until about a, two months later. After her last episode or night terror, he uh, woke up to her freaking out again. But this time, it was different than the previous times. She was much more frantic and literally shaking him, which she'd never actually done. So there was no like physical like interaction in those, these times where she was telling him to wake up. 
So she's freaking out, shaking him. And on top of that, he just felt it was different, but still didn't know what was going on. So he sat straight up in his bed and he's like, what, what's going on? To which she actually responded this time, Uh which normally she wouldn't. And her response was, he's here. So after she said that, he instantly felt and visually could see the room getting darker. And he said they had like a little blue nightlight in the room that kind of made it so that you could pretty much see everything in the room at, like in the middle of the night. Gross. But right after that, like after she said that, and on top of the feeling of something dark being in the room, he slowly started turning his head around the room and it was like everything was in slow motion. And as he did that, he kind of tried to focus closer to the front of the, like the foot of his bed. And he sees like a figure standing there, completely pitch black at the foot of the bed. And all he could see was pure darkness, a darker, like darkness than the rest of the room. And he instantly knew that someone was standing at the foot of the bed. And this someone was not a good person or entity. And he said, surprisingly, <laughs> this uh, fight or flight, like the fight mode came into him instead. And the only thing he can think of to do is to like arm to the square, command it to go away. Just like commanding whatever entity it is to get out of their room. And he said, once he had done that, surprisingly, it instantly left. And he said he felt pretty badass about it, actually. <laughs> so I, I can imagine me being like that. Be like, okay, yeah, suck it. No, no, no. <laughs> Demon Slayer. Don't get cocky. And within seconds, the room was kind of bright as normal again. So that kind of blue light from their like, night light had come back up and it returned to normal. He didn't know how, but he was no longer scared. He didn't feel that feeling of fear anymore. Hmm. And if it was just that, that would still be terrifying. Oh, my gosh. But the next morning was a bright summer, sunny Saturday. And they both woke up. He rolled over to talk to her and asked if she remembered anything about last night. Hey, so... So, like, do you remember? Do you have any, like... <laughs> do you remember the devil being here? <laughs> hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> You're so pretty. <laughs> but also, do you remember what happened last night? <laughs> but again, she said no. She had no recollection, no bad dream, nothing. And not wanting to freak her out about what actually happened, he's like, oh, yeah, you just had another night terror that woke me up and left it at that. So a little while later, he gets up and he goes to the bathroom down the hall. And as he like is getting ready to go to the gym, he hears her scream from the bedroom. So he runs back to the room to see her standing by the window in their bedroom that she had just opened the blinds. And on the window, there was a sticky note that said, I'm still here. Now, she still didn't remember anything about what happened last night, but she was almost dry heaving. She was so freaked out. And he, on the other hand, had just, he just got like really mad chills because he was awake and attentive for the whole entire previous night and what had happened. Now, not knowing what to do, but also wondering why she was freaking out, he eventually calmed her down 
and then asked her why the sticky note freaked her out so much, to which she told him about an experience she had when she was 16. Oh, my gosh. Apparently, she had the same dream multiple times about someone who was following her throughout life, but it was a dark entity of sorts. She said in the dream, no matter what she did to avoid him, he would always show up at random places in her life, in her dream, and just laugh. And he would say, I'm still here. And she just could never escape him. The dream happened a few times in a row. And on the last day she woke up, still freaked out. And on her nightstand was a note that said, I'm always here. To which she freaked out, obviously. But again, she was 16, her dad there. And had her dad there and slept in her parents' room for a while. (laughs) But nothing happened until that experience they had together. Nothing had happened since she was 16. Mm. And that's why she was freaked out despite not ever remembering anything about what had happened the night or previous nights before. And to this day, neither of them know who or what the person was. And it's his ex, so... (laughs) He says, luckily, we're no longer together, so I don't have to deal with it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Savage! (laughs) (laughs) But that's basically Cal's story about his experience that he had while living with his ex and whatever entity was haunting her. Do they want to remain anonymous? Um, He didn't request to remain anonymous. I just gave his first name here, though. Cal. Cal. The Cal. The Cal. Dope. Hell yeah. Thank you, Cal, for sending that in. Watch, it's just like a it's just like her grandpa or something, like trying to like be like watch over her or something. <laughs> yeah, her something dead grandpa. Sweet. Yeah. I'm always here for you. She's yeah. like, Fuck! <laughs> She's like, can you actually be dead? <laughs> That's so funny. Damn. Dude. Bro, I feel like you should mention that. Like if you're going into relationships, you'd be like, also, just to let you know, like, I'm STD free, but <laughs> I do have a I may or may not be followed by an entity (laughs) who stalks my ass. Dude, yeah, I feel like, because you're going to have to live with that. You're going to have to put up with that. He's like, I'll take the chlamydia in. (laughs) Give me the clap. (laughs) Dude, when she explains that story, he's it's like, you know, he's always here. He's like, well, I'm not going to be, so... Yeah. Well, we're no longer yeah. a thing. Well, I told us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can leave now. Yeah. <laughs> I told a story a while ago, though, where the guy actually came clean. It's like, I actually have some night terrors and stuff like that. And the girl was like, chill with it. You oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do. It was it was a month or so ago, I feel like. But that should be the standard. <laughs> where it's like, you just t- open honesty. Yeah, it should be. Including paranormal in your, uh, in your- relationship. Yeah. Uh- Bio forecasting, or, yeah. forecasting, yeah. Actually, yeah. one of the slides on Tinder is like your haunted history or something. <laughs> if you have any demons or, yeah, if you've ever played with any Ouija boards. Uh, first day of the mission in the MTC, I go to sleep. It's a four man room in the MTC missionary training center where missionaries go to prepare to go on their two year long LDS missions. We explain every time, <laughs> yeah, but we have new listeners. Dude, dude, 23,000 downloads this month. It's more than last month, bro. There's new people. Um, so me and my companion, we've met like an hour ago. He's this huge dude from like Southern Utah. He had come from a strongman competition. Oh. That's to, to show you. He's a big dude. He's huge. Uh, anyway, four-man room. So I'm on the opposite side of the room in a bunk bed. He's like way over there in a bunk bed. Go to sleep. 
and I wake up to a huge crash and grunting and like growling almost. And I open my eyes and I see him and he is lunged out of his bed, prone like in a fighting stance. And he's just like, (gasps) 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 (gasps)
Can I get an amen? So if you get someone who, who like you absolutely love and they came to you and told you like, yo, I messed up, you would be like, ah, it's okay, man. You're doing your best. You know what? You need to be that best friend to yourself, bro. bro. So when you mess up, don't be like, you freaking idiot. You know, <laughs> you need to treat yourself like your best friend. Yeah. Would you talk to other people the way you talk to yourself? Hell no. Probably no. not, dude. No. So. There's, there's a, a, sorry, a famous scene in uh, 30 Rock and it's Liz Lemon. Have you guys ever watched the show? Yeah, yeah. And she's staring into a mirror and she's trying to get ready and she's super frantic and she has a paper towel and she's wiping her sweaty pits and she's like, stop sweating, you stupid bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And straight up, when I saw that, I was like, that's my inner voice. (laughs) Like, that's how I talk to myself. (laughs) It's so funny, bro. (laughs) So to all of you out there, stop sweating. (laughs) You stupid bitches. (laughs) Bye. Bye, love you. Be safe. Be careful out there. (laughs) Yup. DJ, you lacy. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. My name is Bill Huffman, and I am a former Cleveland News producer, and I am now the host of the podcast, Who Killed? I began the show focusing on the unsolved murder of Amy Mihaljevic, and now each week I explore a different case with a focus on some of the victims who don't get the attention they deserve. I have a deep catalog of over 225 episodes, so there is a guarantee there will be something for you. Who Killed is an evergreen podcast killer podcasts and slow burn media production subscribe today wherever you get your favorite shows